Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that can feel the brand new day, codename Legion Cub. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on X at G.I. Joe Audible, but Instagram is the place where it's at boys and girls and everyone else. Because if you follow audible interlude podcast on Instagram, that's where you'll see when we're doing live shows on the needless things, YouTube channel, usually every other Monday, our next live stream is on December the 4th. And if you go to audible interlude podcast on Instagram, you can go to those pinned stories and find our audible interlude t-shirts some of which are designed by our incredible partner, Slickalicious. Check out Shop Slickalicious on Instagram while you're there. Uh, be sure and get yourself a shirt. But hey, wait for a sale to do it. We don't care about making money off of those things. We just want people wearing Audible Interlude shirts. Uh, we've got everything from our classic logo to our spiffy new jazzed up Slickalicious designed logo to a new, uh, a, a new more conservative tee with just a little chest logo on it. Very classy. If you need a touch the of respectable That's right. That's right. Next, you thing, next thing you know, you got to get some polos so I can wear them to work. I know. That's that's uh, that's on the list. And actually, right now, speaking of merch, uh, if you do attend one of our live streams on the Needless Things YouTube channel, uh, we are currently raising money to do a run of, of new Audible Interlude podcast hats. Uh, we did a run before. And they were wildly successful, but hats cost money. So right now, everything we get via the Super Chats uh, during Audible Interlude live streams is going towards our hat fund to hopefully get maybe a couple dozen hats made, maybe more, depending on what we end up raising. Uh, and speaking of shirts on Public, anybody who has bought one of our shirts, I apologize for the insane volume of emails you have been receiving from T Public during the Black Friday to Cyber Monday corridor. At one point, I actually picked my phone up and said, Leave me the blank alone, T Public. <laughs> I think today alone I got five emails from them about their their sale going on. <laughs> have you it's... heard anything off of Timu yet? Because boy, they They'll, they'll send you 30 messages a minute. I've No, I've never done any business with Timu. I, I guess did. all of those are going to my promotions spam uh, folder because I've not seen anything except well, for Hasbro Pulse. And if, but, you've got, if you've got the wisdom to have those redirected already, then that's that's good. Good, good plan, sir. Well done. Well, think, thankfully, Gmail does it for me for the most part, so I can right. most of them, but uh, yeah, some of them slip through. So, uh, so no, I've not ordered anything from Timu ever, but I have ordered from AliExpress, and if that's not a great segue, I don't know what is. Let's talk about a little bit of news. Uh, so, uh, one seller on Aliex AliExpress, I don't know, global something or other in putting up pre-orders posted pictures of two upcoming classified figures. Now, I don't know if more have been seen. Have you guys seen anything else? I've just seen the two. 
so it was Big Boa uh, with his magnificent nipples <laughs> and uh, Action, the 60th anniversary Action Soldier. And the I don't know if there was pricing or not. I just saw these pictures shared somewhere. I didn't see the actual listings because I, I deleted AliExpress off of my phone. I'm not going there anymore. I got, I got my helmet and uh, I'm good. I realized that could potentially be a problem. Uh, so Big Boa with his unmasked human face head on in the package. That surprised me. It's it's weird. I mean, I, we don't care because if we get it, we're going to open it. But it is a little sure. odd. It is a little odd looking. It's the, when the, you think of Big Boa, like you think of that vintage figure with the mask or the helmet right. on. Like right. every other figure they've done that's had an alternate portrait. That G one portrait is what comes on them so yeah and it's and it's not like a slip over helmet it's a separate right which i prefer yeah which i mean if it were a separate helmet i could kind of understand them yeah yeah way but because it's 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 its own head that's kind of odd because you know to me big boa doesn't have a face like he's one of those like you know classified guys that nobody really knows who his identity is so it's it it was kind of an odd choice them to use you know to, to use an actual head for this one um, but, uh, yeah, interesting choice with that packaging. Well, and what's funny about it is there, there are a lot of folks and look, I'm not, I, I don't care either way. A lot of people like really, really, really want like beachhead and shockwave and some of the masked Joes to have unmasked heads. That's not in my head canon. Those guys to me don't need faces, but a lot of people do want that. So to give, uh, Big Boa, who is, as you said, really a faceless character, a portrait seems even stranger. Yeah. But I'm talking about all the other Cobra uh, soldiers that they've not done that with, like, you know, Croc Master, for instance. You know, he was a. He was a oh, pet I don't know. Though. He he definitely, I think, has to remain. To me, that gimp mask stays on all the time. <laughs> he sleeps in that. Well, to me, like this, you know, Big Boa's kind of reminds me, granted, I, I guess uh, uh, Road Pig's a little bit more like that, but he's, you know, Master Blaster. So I yeah. don't want to see him without the helmet on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, oh, man, now I want a classified size Master Blaster figure. Right. <laughs> oh, that would be incredible. I, Who runs I, it's Town? weird because I don't think that about Beachhead, but I, I, I do th- know that. I don't take a lot of pictures of barbecue. I think I've only ever taken done like one shoot with him. He's never in any of my group shots. Cause I, I, it drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, he wouldn't just be hanging around the pit with this right. helmet on. Yeah. Um, barbecue got shown a lot without his helmet on. Like well, and that's head, the thing. I think is... it was only animation errors. Where he was shown without his well, and his side, on. the the sideshow figure, had yeah, yeah, an incredible portrait for him, but I don't need it because right. in my head, Beachhead is wearing that balaclava. That that's how I see him. He doesn't want to smell himself, and I'm not gonna, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and I'm not gonna display his figure without it. So I don't need, just like I'm not gonna put that beret on his head. 
<laughs> like uh, that's just but but everybody has different tastes and different wants and that's perfectly fine well i actually remember having that thought when they included the beret as a separate piece that if they're doing the beret they should have a beachhead without the balaclava because yeah one or the other i think would be fine for that portrait but you know having having them both looks a little goofy yeah oh see i that's how i have him displayed on my shelf because I just think that suits Beachhead's <laughs> personality. <laughs> I don't take photos of him that way. Right, but right. I, I like to look at it and, and giggle. Uh, so we got a couple of uh, packages. Well, we didn't really talk about the action soldier. So the action soldier, I got to say, seeing it in the box, I think it's really cool. I like that they're doing a very, very, very awfully generic troop builder. And I know it's going to be popular with a lot of the, the more military-oriented collectors. So awesome. I don't think it's for me. I don't have yeah. any any temptation to buy it. What's it, it? To me, looking at it, it has no attachment to G.I. Joe, to, to the G.I. Joe that I want to collect. Not even for like ignoring a real American hero era when I saw that packaging, I, like it doesn't even call back to any of the previous eras, right? I don't know, it, it just felt and I feel like this word gets overused, it just felt cold. Like, there's no G.I. Joe personality to this other than like. God, it, it could be a Lenard figure. Yeah. You know, like it comes with a lot of great stuff. It's a gorgeous looking figure. It'll be great troop builder. But I agree with you. It it doesn't pull the nostalgia strings for me at all. Imagine if they had packaged it in a, a tall, narrow box designed like the original Joe boxes with a flap on the front. Like yeah even that i probably would have bought it and just kept it in the box because it would have been a cool display piece but mm -hmm. as is yeah it's just there's nothing exciting about it to me it's it's exciting in that it looks like a great action figure of an army guy you know our, our pal bo brown will often sort of dismiss because he's a masters of the universe guy and he'll often uh you know with a twinkle in his eye, refer to GI Joe as, Oh, your little army guys. <laughs> and that's what this figure is. It's, it's an, Oh, a little army guy, which there's, again, it looks like an excellent figure, but it's just not, uh, it just doesn't have that magic to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's know, skippable, but I'm glad that they're doing this stuff because it's, yes. it's definitely going to appeal to it's, some people and it's going to piss mm -hmm. off some other people. It's, it's going to sell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it is going to sell. And that's, that's more than anything. What I want out of the Joe product is success. So awesome. Uh, and speaking of Joe product and selling, my gosh, has a lot of stuff oh come, come out, come down the pipeline. Uh, so my reviews of shockwave and ripper went up on the needless things youtube channel this week uh have you did you guys get both of those no pulse Shock hasn't shipped yet yeah okay. i've been that ripper hawk and 
uh, Helix were shipping from Pulse, but my but Shockwave got pushed back to mid December along with Buzzer. Okay. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't get Ripper and Hawk from Pulse. I got them from Big Bad. I haven't gotten anything from Big Bad yet. Same. Interesting. So, okay, my Buzzer came from Big Bad. Ripper came from Amazon. Shockwave came from Amazon. Hawk, I just got charged uh, for Hawk from Pulse mm -hmm. last night. Yeah, mm. I got that one too. Uh, I may cancel Big Bad then. And what else? Okay, wait. Hawk, Ripper, Shockwave, Buzzer. Oh, Helix. Helix. And I got yeah. Helix from from Big Bad. Uh, so yeah, Shockwave Ripper. I love Ripper. He is great. He does not even need the backpack because the way that they designed his his cutting tool is it looks so cool and self-contained. I don't feel like I need that piece. I mean, it would have been nice to have it, but to be honest, I prefer having the storage for his rifle. So that because his rifle plugs onto his back. Now I'm still not a huge fan of the peg and the trigger guard storage, but when you put his rifle on his back and that cutting tool in his hands and his sunglasses fit perfectly and look great. They're rigid. They're rigid plastic. Mm. They fit perfectly and stay on and look great. And his like his camo on his shirt is well defined and, and stands out and like just he is great in every way that buzzer and I still like buzzer okay but ripper is great in every way that buzzer is not uh and then shockwave shockwave is I like it a lot more than I thought because I don't have an original shockwave I never did when I was a kid I don't have any attachment to him whatsoever but as opposed to action soldier shockwave is gi joe looking he looks like you look at that and you're like, that's probably a GI Joe character. Yeah. Uh, everything about him looks really cool. I do wish he had come with a submachine blaster. <laughs> uh, and they messed his shield up because his shield, the it's rather, you know, the alley Viper had the rotating straps so you can put mm -hmm. it on your arm shockwaves has a stupid marvel legends clip and then a bar like a masters of the universe shield oh no and it goes on his right arm but the shield itself is designed with a notch at the top right so it's supposed to go on his left arm so he can fire like they totally messed up the shield hmm. it's so weird and otherwise the shield looks awesome the the crossed out cobra tampos on it are cool all the like it, it looks great but they just blew it with the design of the strap and the way he holds it but everything else about shockwave i really dig he's cool and you can see that uh again that whole review is up on the needless things youtube channel uh also in this week my mezco roadblock arrived that review will go up next week all the new python patrol stuff is here the trouble bubble copperhead and the other officer, uh, <laughs> which I got, I did get the 
the Python officers from Target, but I haven't gotten gotten a chance to open them yet. They just came in yesterday. Yeah, that all came from tar- Target shipped on time, and it was interesting because the officers shipped almost a week before the Trouble Bubble and Copperhead, and then Trouble Bubble and Copperhead apparently were delivered directly from a store because they shipped Sunday morning and arrived Sunday afternoon. Hmm. Wow, my officer and Trouble Bubble shipped together. So I have not had an opportunity to open uh, those or Roadblock yet, uh, which is Noel's cue to say, gee, Dave, it's not like we have a G.I. Joe podcast to do. I have never given you guff about that. <laughs> no, but you you should because well, I have I have given you guff about it. Yes, um, I, I I understand the whole concept of having a really really busy schedule and not being able to play with your toys when you want to. I have opened them and I love the Python Patrol. Trouble Bubble. I'm so excited for with that. With the darker canopy. And I mean, I love the other Trouble Bubble, don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's another one of those instances where you, you don't realize how good something looks in a different, like, you know, color or design until you have it in front of you. Because I thought, oh, okay, yep, it, you know, it's just going to be a cool second Trouble Bubble. Uh-uh the the colors on it it just pops so much more um and the the officer i i dig he he comes with the the goggles that the cobra island trooper i guess mm-hmm. came with mm-hmm. so i got him displayed with those and yeah it sets him apart enough well, and he, and there's also the alternate portrait with just the yeah. normal face mask rather than the, right? Yeah, it's got both the... It's just like a traditional Cobra face mask mm-hmm. rather than the, like, overly designed thing. Yeah. yeah, so the portrait that comes on him with the designed one is African-American and mm-hmm. the other portrait is Caucasian. Okay. So I like I honestly didn't even notice that that the design was different. I just saw that it was like the you know Caucasian right, right. head, and I was like, "Into the bin you go." Yeah. No, it's the Caucasian head has it looks like an original Cobra okay. mask. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna use that for for something else for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about opening those up. Uh, the Pulse Season Savings, we talked about that last week. Uh, and I had said, everybody remember, they keep adding stuff every few days. And they did not do that this time. It was 354 nope. items the whole entire time. And it ends tomorrow. Not, tomorrow. Well, as we're recording this, it ends. Well, it ends the 29th at midnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's that. And I got, you know, look, I got a chunk of shopping done so that yeah. was that was great I picked up a and they sold there. out of a lot yeah they did i noticed Within, after the like first the couple first of days day. there were things sold out uh and i don't remember that happening in prior years either mm-hmm. so clearly hasbro 
has changed their strategy a little bit. Uh, I just know tomorrow I got to get in there and buy my owl bear. I am so happy that they did it, that they put the, uh, that Volvo Optimus prime on that list, because that is one of my favorite versions of Optimus prime they've ever done. Oh, really? That's GI Joe related, but, uh, I mean, it is sort of, it's adjacent, same universe. it's, It's the same mold as that holiday Optimus prime they put out last year. Um, it was originally supposed to be an Amazon Prime exclusive. Oh, Amazon Prime. Prime. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that whole thing fell through, and uh, but it's licensed Volvo, and it's such a beautiful... The colors pop so well. The head is the most perfect Optimus Prime head I think they've ever produced. Is it called I'm, Vol... I'm looking it up right now because I want to see it. VN, is it called VNR Volvo Optimus Prime. Okay. Transformers generate. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that does look really good. It's is it gorgeous. die cast? No, no, it's all plastic. Oh, okay. The, well, the robot, the first picture that popped up, the robot picture. He's very red he's parts. very shiny. That the yeah, the best, like glossy red paint uh, you'll ever see on an Optimus Prime. Yeah, I mean, it looks first glance. It looks like the outer red parts are, are die cast. That's a great looking truck though. I really dig that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in love. I've, I've fawned over it for, man, it's got the trailer day. and everything. Yeah. Well, it's the same trailer. The trailer's kind of, it, it's a throw in to make it cost more money. It's yeah. The same, I noticed the the... throw in on, um, the, the siege and Earthrise Optimus prime that came out a few, a couple years ago. But, okay. Uh, it's there. It, it looks fine. Yeah. I'm noticing it doesn't quite, look right with the truck yeah yeah like it sits a little high yeah they slightly retooled the previous yeah but it's still i mean the truck itself looks great and the fact that it's licensed volvo is is cool well the fact that it's a licensed car and it's not an alternator is great (laughs) (laughs) um all right Moving on, uh, we also saw a new Target exclusive reaction figure. Did you guys see this blue Baroness? I did. Yep. Looks cool. Uh, new price tag of twenty forty nine. dollars uh, I'm... I hate to say this, because of course we want to maintain our love and enthusiasm for all things G.I. Joe. I find myself cooling off a little bit on reaction figures. Uh, I'm kind of where I always was with them. I don't really ever pay full price for them, but like I'm a sucker for them when I find them on a clearance. Well, and that's kind of where I'm going is the newest wave was on sale for $13.99 each on Amazon for Cyber Monday. Mm -hmm. And I put them all in my cart and I looked at the total and I thought, I know I want these. I should just buy them. And all the other things that I could get for 70 bucks went through my head especially this time of year and i was just like do i really need i just got a buzzer do i really need a 5 poa barbecue do i really need like like the thoughts that have never really gone through my head with reaction before but should have Mm -hmm. went through my head and now they're i i you know, saved them in my cart and they're just there. And I don't know. I don't know, fellas. <laughs> I th- I, and Uh-oh. to be honest, 
the mothership it's... is kind of hanging over everything Super Seven right now as well. Yeah, they've I've we did see some new pictures of the O ring Viper gunners, which confirmed uh... what we said from the start. They've got swivel arm battle grip. They've got they've mm-hmm. got the articulation that modern O rings should have. They look great, and I just hope that about 2,500 more people uh, pre-order that thing. It is going to be very interesting to... Oh, we won't be doing a show that night. Not that I think it's going to be quite the same. Well, we already did a Mothership special. We don't need to do a Mothership finale Mm -hmm. special. But yeah, we won't be, because we will be on the week before that. But... uh, It'll be interesting to watch that last day, uh, December the 11th, because I think a lot of people are going to do what I'm doing and are, are just waiting until the last day. So your payments are. I have seen that be. pop up on social yeah. media. Why lot. would you, why in the world would you buy it any earlier than that and have that $650 gone? for a month when it doesn't need to be well and what i don't understand either is if if super seven doesn't fund this they have to go back and they have to process refunds for right all of those people and you get into a couple nightmares first of all it costs a lot of money to refund that yes. money but mm-hmm. second of all if you're gonna have angry customers if for in, for some reason they've gotten a new credit card since then and you're trying to refund it back to a card and it's not allowing you and then you're gonna go back and forth with that customer I mean there's logistically that that whole scenario was a nightmare to me it's like why don't you just take the take their credit pay, their, their payment information maybe ahead of time and not charge them until later like Hasbro does well and I also wonder, you know, because they do have the payment plans, I guess those just get canceled. Those are probably actually easier to deal with. Um, But that's how Mattel does it, too. When Mattel does a crowdfund, you get charged when you back it. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's somewhere along the line, there's some business reason to do it that way. Uh, And I'm just glad Hasbro doesn't. And I think it probably works out better for Hasbro to not like, I would imagine they're a measurable percentage more successful with crowd funds because they don't take it unless it funds. I think that probably makes people more comfortable with the whole process. So anyway, uh, you know, hoping for the best for the mothership. I still want that thing. I still don't know where I'm going to put it, but, but it's, uh, to me, it is a potentially legendary singular piece of GI Joe toy dumb. And I, I want it. I want to have it. But as we said, if it just doesn't happen, then it's not going to break my heart. (laughs) I want it to happen so that you can have it and I can come over and see it. <laughs> I will not have room to put it anywhere in my house. You know what? I I want it to fund so that in, gosh, not even 10 years, I think in like five years, you'll see people posting about it online like the flag. Yes. Because they're, the, your big bads and, and Entertainment Earth they're not going to be buying a giant stock of these. No, they're not. 
this, you know, this, this isn't going to be like, oh, we bought 20 to hold on to for, right. you know, five years so we can jack the price up to a thousand bucks. They'll buy a few, but it's going to be hard to, to, cause the people that are spending the money now, I, you might have some people that want to flip, but most of them are going to be like, yep, this is my, I'm going to be buried right in this. Right. And no matter what anybody is saying, if it gets made, people are going to have so much regret. If let's say best case scenario, the mothership gets made. And that means Super 7 goes full steam ahead with their new O-rings. People who didn't back this mothership and have it to go with the new Super 7 O-rings are going to be despondent. <laughs> I have seen people online in the last month, a lot of discourse about Super 7, you know, with their stuff being clearanced out with the thunder tank being marked down and you know if you guys listen to interviews with brian flynn you know he says that there's a lot of stores that over ordered yeah on that stuff and they've now course corrected it wasn't super seven's place to course correct because right, they super were getting seven's those not gonna order. say hey guys maybe you don't want to order so much of our product like right. Super Seven's not going to do that, right? But so so these stores, in turn, that maybe ordered twenty Thunder Tanks, are not going to order twenty motherships. No, yeah. no, not at all. And and so I I do think if it funds those people that now feel like they missed out and they want one, they are going to have such a harder time getting their hands on it. They're people are going to be paying thousands of dollars for this thing a few years from now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it happens. If it uh, all right. Real quick to wrap up the news. Uh, we also got a look at the newest Haya toys release, which is, Oh, I wish we were live right now. So everybody could see the sneer <laughs> that just crossed Christian's face. Uh, it's the first I, one I'm not excited for. Well, I liked it only because it was such a departure and i love i personally i know i'm in a minority i love the classified tiger force flint i i really really like that figure a lot but i like this one a lot too because it is so different from the classified tiger force flint uh, at first glance type. i thought it was him I what? thought you had reposted him, and I was like, "Did <laughs> what? Did somebody make a custom where they took the paint off his face?" And That's then exactly when I what I thought, I thought maybe they'd head swapped the original Flint with the Tiger Force to take off that uh, right, yeah, weird makeup. But then I was like, "Oh, that's a different upper body." Yeah, it's different colors. It's yeah. a different tiger pattern. Like it is significantly different. And I like it for that. I like the brighter orange on the shirt with the, the tiger striping is different. I think it looks really, really cool. I'm still, I still don't see me getting into this line unless I go to some, if I go to a specialty shop and they've got one on a peg, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> what, like one of the, any one of these Hyatt toys figures, but like, 
I'm not going out of my way to get any of these because I've already got how many flints does one man need? <laughs> All the flints. Lord. The answer is blowing in the wind. <laughs> All right, guys, we got a lot more to cover, so I think it's time to move on. This is Rank and File Card, where we go back and take a look at the original file cards of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, as written by the man, Larry Hama. Uh, we have made it to 1983, and today's subject is the Cobra Hiss Driver. So we're going to take a closer look at that, and we're also going to get our input from Lieutenant Colonel Mongoose. Cobra Hiss Driver. Codename, The Enemy. I love how, like, these early Cobras are all just The Enemy. And I know we discussed it before, and that the codename is assigned by whoever's writing these file cards, which we've decided is Hawk. Colonel, I guess at this time, still Colonel Hawk. Uh, and this, that's just the designation, The Enemy. <laughs> And I will, I will always, like, the full title will always be Cobra the Enemy to me. Uh, file name, unknown. So what do you guys think of this? So it says file name, unknown. But to me, unknown is what you would say about a singular individual. This really yeah. could have read more like various or something. Yeah, and I think they did the various for some of them. Um, or they just left off the file name on Troopers. Yeah, that or... would make more sense. Just leave off file name. Yeah. Uh, all right. Grade 05. Well, and see right here, birthplace, various countries. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that, that you're right. Just leave file name off is probably the way to go. That is a high rank, by the way. I mean, that's right? 05. I'm presuming or equivalent because I'm sure they're not, you know, using standard U.S. Army pay grades, but that does seem pretty high for essentially, you know, a, a trooper who happens <laughs> to drive a tank. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, a, there seems to be a lot of hiss drivers in the media. Yeah. And yeah. how do they know? I, I can't believe this did not click into my head with any of the previous Cobra entries but how do they do, 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 do they did they did they scarlet for scarlet's in there you know oh, doing her countering sure. yeah yeah but you can't right. figure out their names man <laughs> <laughs> uh so the primary specialty is his driver and i like that it's that specific it's not like heavy armor pilot or like tank driver or heavy vehicle drive it is just his driver it's that which is why they get paid so much his so. his training to get your your his license is an arduous process <laughs> uh secondary specialty mechanical and electrical systems cobra his drivers are selected from the best and most evil of cobra commands thousands of yearly recruits 
Each, uh, each is chosen for his physical strength and total dedication to evil. <laughs> I mean, come on, because when they're driving that hiss tank and that puppy right. runs out in front of them, they're not swerving. That's right. To miss it. Not for a puppy, not for a turtle. Nothing. Not for a kid. No, not definitely not for a child. Especially if its name is Billy. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna run his leg right over. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your leg from your leg. What, what was the what was the Owen Hart? That's quote? why I kicked your leg out of your leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his drivers are graduates of Cobra Battle School, Advanced Weapon System Training, Qualified Experts, His Vehicle, Thang Copter. Yeah. Knowledge of all NATO and G.I. Joe weapons. So that's an interesting note that they're experts in the Fangcopter. Yes. Uh, Fangcopter. So actually that now I know where I can stick a couple of my extra Hiss uh, drivers that I have hanging around. You know, put them in Fangs. Well, and if you've got any that uh, that's because I, I know this is rare. But if you've got any that that silver chess logo has worn <laughs> off, you could get yourself a little water slide of the Cobra Air Force logo and put uh, that on the Fang Driver chest. Interesting. Yeah. The, my, I was going to say, I also just, think that it's interesting that it says NATO and G.I. Joe weapons rather than NATO and Warsaw Pact weapons, because most of these indicate both NATO and Warsaw Pact, and you would think Warsaw Pact specifically for the Cobra uh, characters would would be featured but that's i think that's just show i like it's it's a demonstration of the adversarial nature of the relationship i think mm -hmm. to say they're going to be familiar with the joe's weapons like that's how much of a threat they are that they study up on gi joe specific weapons like scarlet's crossbow and spirits bolt rifle thing <laughs> i have rifle <laughs> i have no childhood recollection of cobra battle school but adult me reading this and seeing how they know all these gi joe weapons like i i want to see the cobra battle school i, I bet those panels look better than the gi joe training room panels that were in issue one <laughs> i think cobra battle school was an anime oh <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, i just i just like the repeated <laughs> dedication to evil total dedication to evil i really i love this this description uh Cobra Hiss drivers are committed to the destruction of G.I. Joe. This newly developed battle vehicle is a real match for the G.I. Joe team. Beware. Like, what, what a dramatic file <laughs> card this is. I, I think this has the most colorful language of any of the ones that we've read. So maybe Cobra Command... Well, no, even Cobra <clears throat> Commanders was a little more uh graphically real than this is this is like wild yeah 
Yeah, this one doesn't feel like it was Hawk writing that. Yeah, it feels like somebody snuck into Hawk's office and wrote it as, as like somebody who isn't quite as qualified to be writing military documents as Hawk. Yeah, this it, with you guys saying that, actually now I'm thinking like this is Destro typing up the the sale the press kit to sell the his tank and these drivers to other countries like so i i will accept that take however i will offer up this alternate take is bazooka snuck into hawk's office <laughs> and wrote this imagine bazooka's voice saying selected from the best and most evil of cobra commands yearly recruits total dedication to evil like it almost seems like a little kid writing it there's there's melted fudgy bar yes. drops on the file card yeah fingerprints yeah yeah i'll yeah, buy absolutely. that well this is fantastic i love this one let's see what uh from the desk of Lieutenant Colonel Mongoose, my dad. <laughs> uh, and he has started using, I don't think for a second my dad listens to the show, but this newest batch of, of uh, file cards he sent me, he uses their code names now. So I just thought that was interesting. I was like, surely he didn't listen and note us mentioning that he doesn't use the code names. Uh, I just can't see it. But anyway, uh, the enemy. This description is for a cumulative number of specialty drivers for the referenced equipment. If they are selected based on physical strength and how evil they are, it could be they lack higher levels of intelligence. If they are the most evil of evils, they should be eliminated with extreme prejudice. <laughs> Wow. He is, let me just say, <laughs> Mongoose is fully engaged and playing ball now. <laughs> this this is he he rose to the occasion of the drama of this file card. I think. This is my favorite response from him so far. <laughs> yes. I love it. He did not even mention the high pay grade. He went straight for their evil and dumb, and we got to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so since we're here, let's talk really quick about the, <laughs> the image on this file card that every once in a while we kind of forget to mention. So I got to say, the, it's a little goofy looking. And as much as when I was a kid, I loved the Hiss drivers. I thought they looked like, honestly, without even remembering this file card necessarily, when I was a kid, I felt like this looked like the most evil Cobra troop. But the 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 peanut M&M shaped head, <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't look very menacing on the file card. No, yeah, it definitely does not have the same dimensions as the actual figure's head, which is slightly more of a, you know, human shaped head. 
Well, and it's well, got the sort of thin part on top that's kind of vicious looking, and it's a little it's it's almost kind of skull-ish looking. Whereas the the on the file card, it's just this round melon <laughs> with goggles. If you guys are looking at this on yojo.com, uh, uh, just click down and and look at the artwork for the mailer, which I'm assuming is you know whenever you could just send in the, the points to get him because that is a sassy pose that okay so this oh, looks yeah. like um and i highly recommend everybody listening to this go to yojo.com and check out this artwork that christian's talking about this looks like the artwork from one of the like foreign figures yeah, yeah. I, I would buy that but and it this, is awesome yeah but well this is also so it's interesting because it's it's got the the digital uh, digitized, but it looks like it was done with highlighters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks like highlighter on canvas. Yeah, I mean it's it's like hand painted versus like actually using digital artwork like they did. Yeah, back this then. is bizarre. He's also carrying a rope with some sort of like hook at the end of it, which that's how yeah. we know he's evil. Yeah, that's but right. I mean, or the most evil didn't come of with evil. any sort of accessories, so. He doesn't need to, a gun to kill you. He just He'll has like a Hellraiser rope. rope. Now, what's surprising is that I sent off for all sorts of things um, in these catalogs. And I, for some reason, never sent off for this figure, even though it's one that I didn't have. I sent off for the Hiss in the same, uh, in the same mailer, but I didn't send off for the Hiss tank or for the Hiss tank driver. Huh. See, I I only ever mailed off for notables. Will, you know what? I'm going to write this down. We're going to do a whole segment about mail-ins at some point. Yeah. That's a good idea. Let's uh, make a note on that and move on to our review. Uh, all right, so everybody be sure to check out our interview with Alex Antone, the editorial director of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, the new ongoing comic, the continuation of over 40 years of writing from Larry Hama uh, from Skybound, from, well, from Image. I keep saying from Skybound. It's, it's Skybound is an imprint of Image Comics. Uh, but I had a great conversation with Alex while I had the flu, I would like everybody to note, and my gosh, did I pull that off. Uh, but we are going to review now issue number 301. Uh, if you remember, we did talk about issue 300 uh, when IDW put out that final issue and ended the license. I've actually got it sitting right here in front of me. And what did... so? Did you guys go back and read 300 before you read 301? No. I have never read 300. Oh, did so, you know? We talked I, about it, though, didn't we? Yeah, but I wasn't. I I didn't get a chance to talk about it because I hadn't read it. And I just and I never got around oh, to it. Oh, okay. Uh, I wanted so, to approach this as if I knew nothing. Yes. 
about G.I. Joe, and I saw this at the comic shop, and I picked it up. I wanted to read it as fresh as I could because I did feel it was important that this be a jumping on point. Mm -hmm. So while I had read 300 you know, months ago, I didn't reread it before my first time of reading this. Uh, and we're, we're going to talk a good bit about 301. But I will say this, I did go back and read 300 again before my second run through of 301. And the culture shock was something but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute uh so our writer is larry hama our artist is chris mooneyham our colorist is francesco sagala our letterer is pat brosseau and those two opening pages let's talk about those first how did you feel about the way that those set the stage I uh, thought it was, again, if you're coming at this as somebody who doesn't know much about G.I. Joe, you're getting kind of a very brief, uh, you know, rundown of of who they are and what they do. Although some of this stuff, I was a little surprised at the way they worded things. How so? Okay. Uh, so, well, first of all, they... they Referred to as the Ultra Hush Hush Combined Services Task Force, which, uh, you know, that's interesting because that's kind of floated in and out of the, even the Marvel, the, the, the Hama run. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, they, uh, they do, of course, refer to Duke as like, you know, the, the leader. And I, again, I've, as somebody who read the Marvel run and a little bit of the uh, IDW run under Hama, I still remember Duke kind of being a background character. And I know that, you know, they probably have had to wedge him in a lot more because, you know, Hasbro has deemed him as being one of the major characters. But it is interesting that, that Hama did approach him this, this way for this story. Well, it's also interesting that Hawk is a lieutenant general. Yes. Uh, that but was I, I, thing that stuck out. I feel like this the the first page this joe page is is almost sort of a soft not reboot but but kind of just cleaning some things up establishing some things there's no mention of time periods it's just here is the current status quo i love in the background of the image of hawk and duke uh the call out of the pit cutaway yes um and the art style. So Christian, when you open this up and got your first look at this art style. So my first reaction was okay. Um it's it's good art. It's really heavy on like the shadows. Um so that was a little different for me. However, as you read the issue, the art absolutely 100%. Well, I should say the art with the combination of the coloring absolutely suits the comic. And I mean that in the best way possible. It is very reminiscent. And we, we I talked, Alex and Antone and I talked about this a little bit. To me, it's very reminiscent of Joe Kubert. And mm -hmm. apparently Chris Mooneyham comes from the Joe Kubert school. Mm -hmm. but it's that military action 
style of art, like Sergeant Rock. And I always liked S.L. Gallant for Joe, for IDW. But this really seems to suit the way that Larry Hama writes this more. And there are action scenes in this comic where I felt like this is, it's a comic book. Don't get me wrong. It is drawn in a realistic way as opposed to what you might think an image comic action panel would look like. Um, Like if a character is yelling, you don't have that Liefeld gritty teeth kind of look. Right. It looks like looks like they're yelling. This is a real yelling person. I mean, I mentioning the Joe Cooper thing like that. So clicks because it, it very much reminded me of if Sergeant rock was done today, this is what it would look like. And it's, it's not just that the art style is cool and works. It's also that, it's not just these explosive panels, it's storytelling from panel to panel. Very much so. It 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 in my head, I could see the the movement and the action happening. Like this this was storyboarded almost. It wasn't like yeah, here's a splash page, here's a pose, here's a pose. It had fluid and movement to it and i know we'll get into it but like there are so like almost every single panel with the plane when the plane has its thing you can i I just mm, yeah you you felt it like and 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 i feel like if if this was your first gi joe comic that you ever picked up this type of art that tells the story would absolutely suck you in. Well, and it's funny because we are coming in, in the, in the middle of the end of a story, essentially, but with the two introductory pages, it, it just feels like you're being dropped into a movie. It doesn't feel like, Oh, I'm missing a bunch of stuff. It's the way it moves along. Like, yes, the story's already in progress, but you don't really feel lost. Right. And like, that, I think, is in large part thanks to, to Larry Hama's classic writing style, where he has characters say their other characters' names when they speak to them. Yep. Characters do a lot of exposition within their dialogue. But it doesn't is, come across Chris Claremont. Right. It's not tedious. It, it really, at least to me not having been in the military it does seem like this is how they would really be talking in this situation uh so page two noel our cobras are introduced yes what uh what on this page jumps out at you or kind of maybe caught your attention well, the idea that Dr. Mindbender is second in command of Cobra is something that <laughs> threw me for a loop. Um, but I suppose with, you know, Destro kind of out of the Cobra picture and the Baroness's loyalties kind of in question, 
in this storyline that, you know, I guess he's the de facto number two. Also, I had to Google Serpentor Khan because yes. I was not aware. I had forgotten that that was the current incarnation of, of Serpentor in this story. Well, and look. If but doesn't have... that drawing of him, like the, the oh, pose, that the heavy shadow where you can't really see his face, like he looks intimidating for yeah, Serpentor. Yeah. I love that depiction. And he's got like the the military belt with the little with the like web gear. Like he's he's wearing web gear on top of his snake costume. Mm -hmm. Like it's this interestingly military look. Uh I would well, love as to I, see... and as I was looking him up, I, I suppose that with each variation of Serpentor that has been produced in this story, he gets a little bit more like brazen and militant in each variation. So I guess that would make sense. Yeah, I've I've I, I enjoy whatever the heck is going on with him. But as far as Dr. Mindbender, if you had a Kirby Crackle wand, you would also be second in command. <laughs> I don't know, you might be first. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, entirely possible. Uh so that moves us into our story where we have, as we talked about, the cargo plane and the very so cinematic i mean like you said all the scenes with the plane you can see how this would play out in motion and duke on you know right here on page three duke is yelling and duke looks like he's yelling yes yes mm -hmm. he does <laughs> we have a ton of characters uh going on here and just to catch anybody up our story does continue directly from the 300 cliffhanger ending with Duke, Wild Bill, and a whole batch of Joes in a cargo plane headed for Cobra Island, where Serpentor Khan and Dr. Mindbender are about to set off a, in issue 300, somewhat poorly defined mutant virus bomb, uh, which in this issue, they state, will turn everyone into cannibalistic monsters. Of course, isn't that the most Larry Hama thing to just like not really define yes. what's happening at the end of the previous issue and say, so uh -huh. I'll figure it out the next one? Yes. Uh, and of course, in classic G.I. Joe fashion, there's a whole other team of Joes on the island extracting Cobra Commander and a renegade Crimson Guard. Very exciting. Uh, we We dive right into tons of action we've got uh it's it's not snake eyes it is sean collins uh in the last in issue 300 at the opening of issue 300 cobra had and i haven't gone i didn't keep up with idw's real american hero run i don't know why dr mindbender and serpentor khan thought it would be a good idea to bring the original snake eyes back to life intact with all of his memories and fighting skills and everything else, but they did it because Hasbro <laughs> sent them a letter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, the real snake eyes is running around Cobra Island, just straight up murdering all the Cobras. Sean Collins is with the GI Joe extraction team on the whale, the greatest vehicle ever made uh, with, Storm Shadow, who doesn't wear a mask anymore and is just straight up a G.I. Joe. Stalker, who is still the same old Stalker we know and love. I love how clearly Stalker's characterization comes through in this whole comic. Uh, spoiler alert. Later on, when Cobra Commander 
kills long-running character Wade Collins, kills him for now, maybe. Stalker tells his son, Sean, you're going to have to mourn your dad later. We got stuff to do. I loved that. (laughs) It's so Stalker. It's great. Uh, I mean, this... uh, the story is really relentless in this, but at no time again. So you, Noel, you had not read 300 at all. Christian, a certain amount of time had passed since you read 300. I totally forgot everything. Did you at any point feel lost in this narrative? No. So approaching it as I don't know GI Joe and I absolutely had forgotten issue 300. Um, (laughs) You know, with the state of comics now where everything is this sort of decompressed storytelling and pretty much nothing ever happens in the number one issue oh my gosh, anymore, right? there is so much happening in this. I mean, just in those first couple of pages and to what you said earlier, Hum is writing, he's spoon feeding you in a way that doesn't feel like he's spoon feeding you like the dialogue is happening to catch you up to speed so that yep there's this bomb yep it's gonna turn them into cannibal monsters yep that you know joes are here joes are here here's the plan we're already in it i i don't have to waste an entire issue telling you what gi joe is you're well, seeing what gi joe is and it's interesting because the, his his writing his dialogue the pacing is so dynamic that that the information he the massive amount of information he's presenting never grinds anything to a halt which mm-hmm. is something that look as much as i love chris claremont and his his comics are a huge part of what turned me into a lifelong comics fan. Sometimes Claremont's dialogue could just bring things to a standstill. And that doesn't seem to happen here at all. I I say from my perspective, as somebody who did not read 300 and really was not at all familiar with what the storyline was in the IDW uh, Hama comics um, for the last few years. So if I had come into this as somebody who didn't know much about G.I. Joe, I I would have been fine, you know, just following along with all the context clues that I was given. As somebody who knows a lot about G.I. Joe, when I'm running into, say, a picture on page 10 that looks like it has two snake eyes on it, I'm starting <laughs> to get a little confused. And I'm like, okay, let me investigate this a little bit more. And I had to figure out that Sean Collins is Sean Braca slash, you know, uh, throw throw down, I guess now versus Kamakura. So I had to go down that rabbit hole and figure out who this guy was. But uh, approaching it as somebody who didn't know about GI Joe, I'd have been fine not knowing that. Well, and you know what? I almost feel like the profiles that are in the back should, should have, have been, been on in page one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because going back and seeing that later on, I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. I had totally forgotten about snake eyes coming back because even when i saw the the drawing of sean it took me a moment because i was like wait a minute what happened to female snake yeah me me too me too wait yeah because it's later it's not until later on well she we see her early on 
yeah on like page two right but then we don't see her in action until like that same page 10 where we're seeing everybody on the whale yeah so when i got to those profile pics with the little description of who each of them were i i had this moment of like okay i i don't i still think there's too many ninjas in gi joe but i definitely <laughs> think now there's too many snake eyes there are too many snake eyes like sure. like if a group of crows is called a murder like what is a group of snake eyes called because one has his memories and all his abilities like i i don't know i don't know well uh, I, I i'm like sure hama that. has a plan throwdown is just snake eyes with a headband on apparently and that uh well, and they illustrate that in because Wade Collins is wearing a red headband and then he gets killed and it's in the background of a panel, but Sean Collins is holding the headband and then the next time we see him, he has it on. Mm -hmm. So like it's this subtle background story that goes on that they don't, at no point does he say, and now I shall don the headband of my fallen father. Like, it doesn't do that. He's just, it just happens. Uh, but yeah, I do I do think it would have been helpful to have these profiles in the front. But I do like how they're all mini file cards. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And they identify founding members. I thought that was cool. Um, that So anybody reading 301, flip to the back first familiarize yourself with the characters although we've what we have is a review copy maybe they reshuffled it i don't know probably not but uh if if the if the profiles are not in the front flip to the back and catch yourself up on who the heck everybody is because i also didn't remember a thing about alpha double zero one or revanche or whatever like i had no idea what that was I am not looking at a review copy, and they do appear in the back. So, oh, okay, I, uh, okay. Um, but I do find it very funny that they just reuse the artwork for Snake Eyes and uh, Sean Collins. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't even like... notice that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it they literally just drew a headband on the Snake Eyes artwork. Yeah, if you look at all the little, the oh, little like, pencil marks, they are like, identical. <laughs> yeah, his neck and his goggles and everything. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Although, I cannot claim I wouldn't have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, I'm, I'm interested in knowing more. So, if you remember many episodes ago where I threw out my whole thing about what if Serpentor was an AI. Well, apparently, much like Simpsons did it, Hama did it is a thing because when you've written 300 issues of a comic book, you've already done everything. So there's, there is a Cobra AI out there and it's, I guess, uh, an artificial intelligence that's gained control of these advanced bats that are on a cruise ship that I don't even remember being mentioned. I, uh, I know alpha was mentioned in 300, but I don't remember these bats on a cruise ship being a thing. Uh, but I like the idea of more humanoid undercover bats. Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting concept. Uh, well, and, and, and a natural evolution of the idea of battle mm -hmm. Android troopers. Uh, so this, we get the draw. I already mentioned the drama with, you know, Cobra commander is being extracted from Cobra Island. Uh, Wade Collins is there 
and uh, Laura, the Renegade CG that we really don't know, or those of us who didn't keep up with IDW don't really know anything about, other than she has a cool eye patch. Uh, and Cobra Commander makes his escape on the whale's jet sled. Now, we all know what the whale jet sled looks like. <laughs> it does not look like what's in this comic book. However, I'll allow it because this image of Cobra Commander on the jet sled is hilarious. When I tell you I giggled, that is not an exaggeration <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily from the artwork of cobra commander with this cape billowing on <laughs> right. the jet sled i kept thinking of you how much the whale is your favorite vehicle and i can't ever remember them ever using the jet sled <laughs> oh yeah yeah, so this point. felt this again in the context of the story, it made sense, but it also sort of had that throwback to like, here's this cool play feature that the toy had. And I just kept thinking, like, 10-year-old Dave. Oh my gosh. Just right? must be thrilled at this moment that they're using the jet sled. Yeah, you know, I really didn't it because we all know that's a feature of the whale. It's just such a thing. It's sitting right here next to me. Uh, I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to pop my jet sled out right now. Oh, maybe I'm not. My whale, my whale just slid back about six inches on the shelf. Now I really want to get it out of there. I can't open up the little bay. My finger is too big to fit in the damn slot. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, here we go. Ejecting the jet sled now. Oh, man, that's satisfying. So, we all know the jet sled is, you know, this little flat thing that they lay down on. However, one, the art is fantastic and amusing, and I love it. Two, it is also possible that they have uh, updated the jet sled since the original whale design. So, mm -hmm. I can accept that now this little console that Cobra Commander is hanging on to maybe flips up. You know, and, and that's how this thing deploys now. So I, I can accept this difference in what we know. So I have a question for you, and let me pull it up because I want to make sure. Um, yeah, so did you also think that there was something missing between the scene where Cobra Commander shoots Wade Collins and escapes from the jet sled? Because I don't, from that image get the impression that that's what happened i don't know if it's just from like because that panel before you see him escaping on the jet sled cobra commander's got the gun pointed down and you see the word blam uh, yeah i think that's just i think a choice had to be made because of the number of pages in a comic book and the decision had to be made look are we going to illustrate Wade jumping at Cobra Commander, this dynamic action pose, or are we going to illustrate the two of them tussling with the suggestion that that pistol's in Colin's ribs? Like, now I do, yeah, the pistol could be aimed up a little bit better than it is. I, yeah. I think I see, well, I see what 
you're saying no. I I think maybe where the I think Blam is intended to almost be a separate panel. Correct. I, I think yeah. like they're trying to be creative by having Cobra Commander partially behind it and wait in front of it. But I think it's meant to be like, you know, the the lights go out, you see the gun right. fire. Right. Oh my gosh. Who's who survived? I yeah, think the and- storytelling sequence here is Wade jumping at Cobra Commander <laughs> and then blam. Yeah, you know I, I mean? check, yeah, I had yeah. to check two copies to make sure that I didn't get like I wasn't looking something with, with a missing page. <laughs> um, but then also the the panel before that where you're seeing the countdown, it's at 40 seconds, and then in the next page it's down to 13, and that's like the biggest jump that they've made in any of these countdowns pretty much since this issue started. So that's why I was like, Oh sure we're not yeah, a page yeah. Here? What what a detail for you to know. Yeah, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to go back a couple times and just and just be and confirm that I wasn't, you know, that there wasn't a page missing somewhere that, that was a little bit more dramatic because the next panel we're seeing, you know, oh cover commander got the jump on me. He shot Sean's dad. And was like, oh, okay. Well, be, it took him a few seconds to get to the jet sled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To open the bay door and, and get out as he left. Yes. <laughs> so more action more action cargo plane and in, in dire trouble and we get to what uh, for whatever reason a trope that i really enjoy we've we've got to g- get some weight off this plane i don't know why i always like the we've got to dump the cargo especially when it's in space that's my favorite oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm looking at you astro train and then oh my gosh brutal brutal uh and then we get the mutant virus bomb detonates i really like cobra commander just turning around and heading in the other direction right uh the Joes are trying to figure out what's going on. The everybody we get basically get reactions from everyone involved in the story at this point, which I really like uh, because we've been following these points of view, these different points of view throughout. So I like that we kind of check in with everybody, and we're we're zipping over a few pages here, but that's okay because we're not we're not doing a recap. We're doing a review. I recommend everybody check this comic out, but I want to get to the page where we see the results of the mutant virus bomb that is straight out of an EC horror comic. Well, so did you guys think in the panel where the blast is catching up with Cobra Commander? Oh, I thought it was going to get him. I thought that's how we were going to see what the results were. But you are right. It it evoked to me uh the very first resident evil movie before you really saw oh yeah yeah. zombies yeah when they all turn around that is what that image brought to me and these are all just folks working on cobra island right these these are the equivalent of the death star crew yeah yeah like these are just cobra island people like the personnel 
It's just like uh, a middle-aged woman with like, you know, grandma glasses. Well, this right. is they have essentially combined Braca Beach with Cobra Island. Cobra Island is like a resort now. Uh, and this is the Cobra Island Casino. Uh, so these are people who've elected to like live on again. I don't know the full story, but it's people who've elected to like be on Cobra Island. This this uh, modern Sodom and Gomorrah of of sorts. And then we get Mindbender. This this is I've I've got to quote this dialogue because this is so <laughs> over the top insane. But I got to see where it goes. So Mindbender crawling up over this console says, what have you done to us? And Serpentor Khan replies, I have this intense urge to rip living flesh off bone and devour it. But I am still me. (laughs) I am not some mindless criminal monster. Now, the word criminal is an interesting (laughs) usage here because Everything that he just said is 100% criminal. Everything that we know to be true of Cobra and Serpentor Khan is 100% criminal. What a weird thing for him to say. <laughs> but the image of him, this this like bubbling, monstrous, almost like one of the mutant gangs from Dark Knight Returns, like just... I this, love it. Uh, this art is beautiful and as weird and out there as this is, uh, it is also not so far afield from any of the other weird stuff we've seen in G.I. Joe that I can't accept it and, and want to see where it goes. But I have to wonder what the storytelling advantage of having a, a cannibalistic faction of Cobra is going to be. Noel? I... How do you feel about Cobra Cannibals? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's definitely something different. Um, you know, I'm 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 glad that Larry has just gone ahead and embraced full on like sci-fi wacky GI Joe now. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, I j- this leaves me wanting to know what the heck are they doing? And the funny thing is, we all know how he writes. He doesn't know what he's doing. Nope. <laughs> uh, next page up, we have our Joes, uh, our extraction team on the whale, you know, uh, meeting up with the rest of the Joes. Um, and we have the... Which I love the picture of them all, like, you know, riding in on the whale. Yes. Just hanging out on the console and stuff. Granted, there's there should be room inside for them to just be hanging out. But, you know, Scarlet is just going to hang out right in front of those missiles because sure. it looks so much better on the page that way. Absolutely. Like, the, how boring would this be page. if it was just Cutter up there? <laughs> um, And then we get very powerful final panel or final page uh of our joes all saluting and the original long range recon patrol team with sean carrying wade like if you've been following joe for 41 years that panel is heartbreaking yeah yeah that Mm -hmm. final panel got me Uh, yeah because it I, it was at that point I realized, and, and granted, it's comics, who knows, 
but it's that at that point I realized the real emotional impact of that and of that it's Cobra Commander who ruined these people's lives in the first place, who murdered this long running, one of the longest running Joe characters. Mm-hmm. And it puts uh, so much more weight on the line that Stalker says earlier, you know, yes. your father later. And I, I, you've got that panel of them carrying him, but right above it, you've got the Joes saluting. But again, their heavy use of shadow, to that is first what gut punched me, because you're not seeing their colorful right costumes. Right. Yeah, you know they're they're shadowed in black like this is the it, it gives it weight well, yeah i love the you know the passing of time throughout the day where you know the sun is setting and the the page before that and so yeah. we've got mm-hmm. those those red and orange hues uh, of the sunset and it just it you know with the with the lines in the sky it's just it's just a beautiful page just uh both that top and that bottom panel mm-hmm. and the page before like i said with all those those same colors in there it just really ties it feels like you know it feels like we're telling the end of this story arc yeah it feels like, like an epic conclusion mm-hmm. yeah like my brain wanted to say like this is pulling the emotions of the death of optimus prime Wade is obviously not Optimus Prime, but right. that seriousness of all the other characters yes. are are the RC and and Ultra Magnus. Like you just feel the weight of them being uh right. If the uh, if if in Transformers the movie, the other Autobots hadn't really cared hadn't really cared about Optimus dying, hadn't reacted the way that they did, that wouldn't have killed us like it did when we were kids uh and this is effective in the same way is that this death is being taken seriously by the other characters well we got to wrap it up uh final thoughts are you excited to see what happens in the next issue how has the table been set for a a new continuation of this classic story I it's it's made me want to go back and finish what I started, you know, a decade ago now at this point in time, since the you know, since I kind of stopped reading the uh, the other IDW comics, um, because I like the idea, you know, when we were reading the uh, the original comics originally, the, the Marvel run, obviously, those were designed for one purpose, and that was to sell toys. So without that being kind of the main drive of these comics. I like the fact that, you know, he can include whichever characters he really wants to. He can take them in different directions that aren't guided necessarily. I know, you know, Hasbro does have a guiding hand in some of this, obviously, but not to the extent they had back in the 1980s. So, um, you know, it makes me want to go back and read those IDWs and then continue on with these as I go, because, you know, Larry's obviously my favorite comic writer. And, and look, like any other long-running creator... There are going to be ups and downs. 
but it's going to be like even even the issues of the original run that I found to not be quite as engaging. It was still a roller coaster ride. I was still having fun reading them. Mm-hmm. And that's to me at the end of the day, if I'm having fun with it, that's that's good G.I. Joe. And that's what I think this if every issue that follows after this, even if it doesn't have as much action, if it's if it still has this feel to it, I, I'm I'm absolutely on board. I, I can't recommend it enough. Whether you're a Joe fan or not a Joe fan, this is a comic that I would hand to somebody and say, this is how you do a first issue. Yeah, I would I would hand this to anyone and say, give this a try. Mm-hmm. See what you think. Uh, all right, well, we will be reviewing issue 302 as soon as we can get our hands on a copy. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And now we got to move on with the show. This is Knowing is Half the Babble, where each of us get a little bit of time to talk about anything we want that may not even be G.I. Joe-related. Noel, do you want to kick us off this time? Sure. I got something short and sweet. Um, it's just uh, a little a little tale of uh, horror from this past week that really, when you look at it on the scale, that's, that's a, a ridiculous way to describe this. But uh, I mentioned last week uh, when we were at uh, Retro ToyCon, I got as part of my haul, a complete uh, silver mirage. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to set this guy up. I'm going to, you know, replace my old one um, on the shelf. So as I'm going to set him up, I, you know, I put everything together and, I'm, and I realize this is not a complete mirage. It's oh. missing the front headlight. So I was like, oh, well, no. that's, that's kind of disappointing. And then I remembered what I paid for it. And I was like, well, I guess that's not the end of the world. Also, the incomplete mirage that I had sitting up there, well, one piece it did have was the front headlight. So I was oh. like, let me go ahead and take this piece off, and I'm going to just put it right there, which is a very small and very clear piece of plastic. Oh, no. And as soon as I pop it off and go to pop it onto the new one, it just springs out of my hand oh. and just goes fly. And I hear it go ding, ding, ding onto the shelf where my mauler sits. Oh. And I'm like, Oh no! Where did it go? And I'm I pull pull carefully pulling the mauler off the shelf, and I'm 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 poking around at the shelf, and I'm getting my flashlight uh, from my phone, and just looking every nook and cranny. Like, did it go somewhere? And I'm shaking the the mauler around to see if there's a little rattle inside. Like, did it go inside one of the the one of the uh, the cockpits? Um, and after like a little while, I kind of gave up, and I was like, all right, I got to put a note to myself so I don't accidentally go down here and vacuum. Because I'd, I'd already checked around on the carpet around nearby, and I didn't see it there. Um, I go back, you know, the next night, and I'm and I'm looking again, and I, I kind of give up after a little while. I was like, all right, I just got to go back and check. And finally, the third day, the third day I go in, and I happen to find in my forward observer, um, there's it's it's fallen into a crevice in there, and I'm like, there it is, yay, I got it. And I'm realizing if I go on eBay. 
this thing is like 10 bucks, you know, which is, it's, it's a lot to pay for a little tiny piece of plastic, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I go, I go to the bar and I pay that, you know, pay that much for a cocktail before I tip. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the amount of stress that I went through for this tiny <laughs> little clear plastic that is back now on my silver Mirage and is now perfectly intact. And, you know, now I have a complete one sitting on my shelf in great condition. So very happy about that, but boy, uh, the amount the amount of stress we might go through for uh, a little tiny piece of plastic that has value that if we weigh against the other things that we pay for in our daily lives just kind of i had to think about it for a while and I was but like, when well, you I'll... know it's, <laughs> it's here it's somewhere somewhere yeah i have it it's hard mm-hmm. to justify spending even a dime because oh, yeah. it's it's here i'm gonna find it someday oh my gosh Ooh. <laughs> Uh, all right. I, mine is all, mine's pretty quick. Uh, I just wanted to talk about how much I absolutely love the star Wars retro collection, uh, the current reissues and brand new, uh, five points of articulation figures that Hasbro's putting out right now under the Kenner label. This line is just bringing me so much joy. It's so much fun, uh, getting the classic figures that i had when i was a kid just updated well not even really you know barely updated versions just still having that experience of like man these these fun characters these fun figures and seeing the little differences in the way they've changed a little bit but also getting characters we never had like grand moff tarkin and mon mothma and then all the characters from the new media i just today completed the collection of the ahsoka figures Mm. that i'll be reviewing on the needless things youtube channel uh i just i just reviewed the return of the jedi six pack uh that came out that's currently sold out on pulse uh because that came with that mon mothma figure they're just so much fun the price point of 11 12 bucks each is very palatable for what they are it's it's just a fun line and i look at it and i see hasbro's success with it and i think why no (laughs) o-rings but anyway christian what is your babble okay so i have to eat my words uh it was either last episode or episode before that um i was off yesterday running some errands and my friend will uh we were talking about ollies and he's like hey don't forget you know ross has some really great deals going on you know if you find some marble legends you know they're like 5.99 i was like yeah i have not had any luck with ross forget it but i decided on my way home I'm going to stop at the one that's closest to my house. And yep, the toy section still looked like World War III happened. But darn if hidden behind some little, uh, it was like, you know, dolly dish places. Like, obviously somebody hid this oh, okay. because they were planning on coming back and getting it later. But I, it was the Viper three pack oh wow and i was holding it and like gosh i just don't like these as much as the python (laughs) patrol 
But at this price, I can't say no. Right, really fifteen can. bucks. You yeah, and I waited over thirty minutes in the checkout line. Like I'm texting <laughs> Will. Like, yep, my patience is being tested oh. because there's a part of me that just wants to put these down yeah. and leave. Uh, but nope, I'm I'm sticking with this, and I still. It was. I just had this like this cannot be real. It says right on there these things used to be seventy five dollars, and it's only fifteen, <laughs> and it wasn't. But they until... weren't. They were eighty. Was it they seventy nine or eighty nine when that three pack came out? Is that what it originally was? I on feel Amazon? like it was ninety bucks. Yeah, I think it was, oh. 90 bucks. it was an additional fifteen dollars for all of the the explosions and stuff. That so are in there. tomorrow is when I'm. Because I took some a photo of it when I got out to the parking lot, and I'm going to post that to Instagram tomorrow. I just wanted to be able to talk about it first. Um, but yeah, I I literally kept until it rang up. I thought this is not real. I okay, fifteen bucks, and then it was like I as soon as I walk through that scanner, it's going to go off, and they're going to take this from me. <laughs> Like <laughs> it was, it was not completely real until I was sitting there in my car looking at them, just like, oh my gosh, I, they didn't, they had some, you know, Dusties, they had Tomax and Zay mods, um, they had the retro three and three quarter stalker. Yeah, I uh, found three of the stalkers and three of the troopers at one Ross, and I bought the oh, three wow. troopers because they were three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Original price on the Viper three pack was eighty nine ninety nine. Wow. That's what I thought. Wow. I, I had well, a... no, no. You would know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still stewing. <laughs> it's, it's it's only been two years. Uh, I I went into there's a Ross and Ollie's in the same shopping center up in like Shambly, Georgia, and I went into one of them a couple weeks ago and uh nothing at the ollies um the ross however had the velocitron crasher figure from the transformers line and for 7.99 and i was like oh i want this figure if i wanted this if i really want this figure though i'm more willing to pay 32.99 for it on ebay than to stand in this line to pay 39 <laughs> for it because Once I again, that, you have to weigh your yeah your values. I, I knew that was going to be half hour to forty five minutes yeah. as long as that line was. Yeah, yeah. the line was was crazy. Like, well, and I year, live in Orlando, where you know we stand line, in lines are a all way the of time. <laughs> but I was like, this I'm I'm not going to see Elsa yeah. when I finish this line. <laughs> but uh, it was. It was worth it. I still do like the uh, the look of the Python Patrol Vipers better. I definitely don't think that the extra accessories were worth the fifteen dollars. Uh, but I think from the price I paid up to fifty sixty bucks, I think is a good price for that set. Well, there you go. 
that is uh, that is an excellent story because I never expect to see that set at all. I've looked in a couple of Rosses, which I don't even particularly want another set of three Vipers, but I just like to find it, you know? No, yeah. I, I, want, I want it just to say, okay, now if I have these three plus my other three, if I weigh out the average, <laughs> it's, it's worth what I paid for them. <laughs> I mean, I... I texted Will and was like, should I go play the lottery now? Is that how this right. works? Because this never happens. Well, that is all the show we've got for this week. Our music is by Andy Samford of electricminnowmusic.com. Follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on X at G.I. Joe Audible. Uh, Christian, where can we find that toy photography that you do so well? You can find me on Flickr.com and Instagram under the name Legion Cub. And Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club, and we raise money for a great organization called Canines for Warriors. So if you see us at a convention, uh, help us uh, with uh, throw by throwing a few bucks our way and maybe getting some cool swag out of it. And if you ever thought about uh, dressing up like your favorite Joe character, you can check out TheFinestCC.com or The Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook. Well, everybody out there listening and supporting the show, thank you so much. Noel and Christian, thank you guys for sitting down and talking about something. Uh, this this is the most fun I have in a week is talking about G.I. Joe. Until next time, you Joe. Cobra Cannibals. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.